Welcome to TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers, a program of educators worldwide. I'm your host today, Peter Edwards, a board member of Educators Worldwide, and we are here today with another board member, Beth Trudell. Hi, Beth. How are you today? I'm great today. Thank you very much. It's good to see you again, Peter. It's always great to see you. And can you tell us what do you have for us today? I do. I have another Back to Basics podcast. Um, this is one of my favorite topics is, is sharing ideas that teachers can use in their classroom. And today's, is about, today's um, podcast is about grammar, a favorite topic, but it's about noticing and using grammar. Oh, I like that. That's great. Uh, it's always good to get back to basics. So please take us on this on this trip. Good. Thanks, Peter. You know, um, we all have over the years um, been teaching grammar traditionally, perhaps. And that is we have our students memorize a rule and then we have them do exercises, fill in the blank and matching things like that. And then the next day, we have our students write something and we expect to see that grammar rule in force and it isn't. We found that the previous day's work has not stuck, okay? It didn't stick to them in learning. So I am here to urge you all to take a risk and instead of teaching grammar rules and doing exercises, Try something different, having your students notice and integrating grammar with reading and writing, not teaching it in an isolated way. How does that sound? I, I like it. I'd like to hear some more. Um, how, how do we do that? How do we step away from that traditional thing and, and get that noticing? How, how do we implement that in our classes? It's, a, it's an right. interesting I, idea. I'd like to hear I, Good, I have an example, I have some examples. And the whole idea is to have your students read, notice, discuss, write. Read, discuss, write, read, stick a notice in there. Read, notice, discuss, write, okay? And you have them develop their own rules instead of telling them the rules, let them develop them themselves, hmm. discover them rather mm -hmm. than told. And I have done this for a number of years. And believe me, it really works, works well. And you can do this. I know we have a lot of primary school teachers who listen to our podcast, and sometimes they get left out on ideas. This works for primary, secondary, and university teachers. Ah, oh, that's excellent. Can you, can you give us an example of this uh, in action? Okay, one of the first times I tried this, I had a, a foundation class and my students, they had present tense down, but they really didn't get past tense. And you know, we can't start teaching these, you know, flamboyant tense, tenses, perfect past and things like that without having them have present, past, future under their belt. Okay, under their belt, this, a saying from America here. So one of my favorite ones is I have students read biographies and I have all different biographies 
in front of the class. I have biographies on their favorite sports stars, on their favorite fashion leaders, um, their heroes, national heroes, all different interests they may have that I learned from the needs assessment I did on the first day of class. So they pick a biography and they can even work with a friend on this. And they read the biography for interest and to critically examine it and also for those past tense verbs, because every biography is written in the past tense. So right. first of all, I asked them what they found, what were the positive points of this biography and not so positive? What would you like to have seen more of? To critically examine it. And then I say, so take a look at those action words, those verbs. What do you notice? What do you see? And all of a sudden they're like, they all end in ED. Forget about irregular verbs right now, just get into the basic past. And it's like, hooray for you, past tense, ED. And they have that down. And then I have them write their own biography because they know the good points they like about a biography and what they don't wanna put in. And so they can write a very good biography. And this is a life skill. They're gonna be writing bios and resumes for the rest of their lives. So write a biography. And then I have them work together to make sure that they're using the past tense verbs. So, and you know, if somebody says, I write it or I read it, I don't say, oh no, I say, good for you. You remembered the rule. It's just that English, has some crazy irregular verbs. So I don't, I don't disparage or put a big red circle around that. So mm. biographies are fun. They get to read something interesting for themselves. They get to notice past tense and then write a biography. And I've had them come back the next day where they've gone home and, and made covers for their biographies um, with something meaningful, a sports car, a picture of a sports car, things like that. And they have a good time doing it. And you oh, can do that cool. with young and medium-aged older students. Mm -hmm. Another example, Peter? Well, sure, but I will quickly say, I really like how you move into that life skill thing because it is so true that we will be telling biographies about ourselves, uh, whether it's a resume or just talking to somebody that you've just met. And uh, it's, it's nice to emphasize how what we do in class can step outside of the classroom into their very important aspects of, of their regular real lives into the future. That's great. I like That's that very much. Point. So you get a little critical thinking, some grammar, some reading, some writing. It's kind of fun. Thank you. Good. Yeah. What's next? Next is reading critically. So, you know, you have your students read something and um, Maybe you ask them questions, what they agreed with, what they disagreed with, what surprised them, what was unclear, what meant something to them. And then um, I throw in the old grammar point. You know, they're reading critically for some of those answers, some of those questions. And then I'll say, you know, the author used a lot of commas and some semicolons. Why do you think she did that? And how would you do the same thing? Why would you use them? And so they have to look, they have to notice, and 
they come up with some ideas like one student once said, because they're cheap, you can throw in those commas anyway. Um, and, um, and actually, Mina Shaughnessy said she had a student who said that too. And one of my students said that. And then some of them say, hey, so we stop and think. You know, they come up with these interesting mm -hmm. creative ideas. And the semicolon, mm -hmm. it's amazing. Of course, then I see 10 or 20 semicolons in their next paper, but that's okay. <laughs> It's fun to experiment, you know? Indeed, indeed. Oh, I like that. I like that very much. Yeah, we as, as humans are always looking for patterns, trying to figure things out. And uh, you're, you're bringing that into the classroom what the students are already pretty good at and making it fun and exciting. I like that very much. Great. And then let's look at primary um, students for our many okay. primary teachers. You know, um, you read a story to your kids and you do the same kind of critical thinking activity. What did you like? What didn't you like? What surprised you? What did you think of the ending? And how would you have changed the ending if you didn't like it? So getting them to think critically about a story you've read them that's in their age range. And then you might say to them, there were some interesting words, you know? And there were words like um, trees grow or this tree grew, or maybe a cat walks, or maybe many cats walk. And what do you think of that? And they start identifying that very difficult thing to do, which is subject verb agreement. It is mm. a very difficult thing. And they start saying, hey, cats has an S, but the verb or the action word doesn't. And you're starting to get them into thinking about subject and verb agreement. And you're not calling it that. You're not doing anything fancy. You're just having them notice things and be little scientists. And then mm. they write their own story. Hmm. I like that. I like the noticing. Uh, we, we don't have to just push it at them and say, this is this, this is that, but they might just notice it and probably remember it a lot better when they have noticed it. You're right, you're right. And then I have one kind of fun idea, Peter, and that's mm -hmm. drama. I've never had a class where students didn't like to do a little drama, but I've had many <laughs> classes where they didn't like to do prepositions. I taught in a country where there were no prepositions in their own important language. And so it was hard. So mm. I'll give them a short, short list of prepositions and I'll have them act it out. You know, and I've had 10 groups of, of young men put their hoods up on their sweatshirts and sit down and, you know, they're on the floor and then they're on mm -hmm. the chairs and then they're out the door, you know, and, and they really have a good time acting these things out. It's quite fun for them. And again, this is something you can do with young or university students. When you have mm. prepositions are very difficult for second language learners quite often. And you can have props, a whole bunch of props, baskets, balls, things like that. And they, they have a good time acting it out. And again, instead of filling in a blank, it sticks with them. Mm. Because they yeah, all like have 10 kids with their hoodies up, stalking around the classroom. <laughs> they, they will. Once again, uh, 
yeah, you're, you're really getting at things that are going to stay with the students as opposed to just another lesson, uh, you know, boring rules and things like that. Make it fun, make it exciting. I like that very much. And I really like how you keep going back to the different levels. Um, yes, this may work with uh, university students uh, or, or, or even high school students, uh, but you focus on the primary school students. Also, these things are applicable to them. Also, this will help them. That's great. Exactly. So I think we have time for just one more. I have a million more, but how about just one more example? Okay, for now. Great. And, okay, so I'm, I'm going to talk to and remember, this is just in time. So we don't teach something about grammar and then have it, them use it, expect them to use it six weeks later. They need to use it right then. Read, mm. notice, discuss, write. Once they mm. write with it, they'll do it. And um, one of the things we're always teaching are argument paragraphs and essays. Mm. And I know that when I taught in the university in the United States, a student could not leave the university without being able to write an argument essay. Um, and so one of the important points are if then clauses. If there's something called eve teasing in a country I, I love to be in and eve teasing is, is harassment of young women. And um, so an example is if eve teasing were stopped then girls could get a good education. So if they're reading an article about a current event in their country, and there's those if-then clauses, they notice them. Or um. there might be, because Eve teasing is so prevalent, mm -hmm. girls don't get a good education. So they're seeing mm -hmm. the clauses they should be using, the statements they should be using when doing an argument essay. And, mm. um, and they're noticing, and they're noticing, I'll say to them, what makes a good argument essay? You, you tell me. And they make up the rules of what a good argument essay is or a good argument paragraph. And they'll notice the if-then clauses or because statements that they're support. And they talk about how, you know, if I can't make a good argument, my dad is never going to buy me that new cell phone. So this is helpful to me. And it's like, you know, they come up with these funny reasons. But mm -hmm. it's very, very important. Um, I tell them they're never going to get a raise if they can't walk into their boss's office when they're an adult and say, I should make more money because... Um, or if you pay me more that, you know. So I try to make practical application. I like that. I like that. That's uh, these, again, you are bringing in these life lessons uh, at, at all different levels. You know, you, you are talking about getting back to basics, but these basics are not just simple things that we should, you know, think, oh, that's too easy. They're so important. And you're really shining that light on the importance of all of these. That's great stuff. Thank you so much, Beth. Great. So just remember, just in time, teaching of grammar and noticing. I like it. I like it. There's a lot to notice. Thank you so much, Beth. And I think we'll have to end up now, but we've really enjoyed you being with us, uh, Beth. And the entire 
audience. Thank you so much for joining this episode of TTELT, which is of course brought to you by educators worldwide. So please follow, like, and subscribe uh, to TTELT on your social media and try some of these great tips that Beth has shared with us today or any of our tips from TTELT in your next classes. Mm -hmm.